Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,284 with a release date of Friday, August 6th, 2021, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Ham step up to help as monsoons ravage part of western India. The developer of well-known CW training software becomes a silent key. And more call sign confusion in the former Falkland Islands dependencies. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,284 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Our top story this week shines a light on the community service work of hams in western India who are helping others deal with the widespread destruction from recent monsoons. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, picks up the story from here. As floods from the recent monsoon in the western Indian state of Maharashtra swept through villages, raising the death toll to nearly 200, amateur radio operators traded their radios for relief kits and dispersed through the villages in the Satara district to distribute help. The flooding late last month, which resulted in landslides and water levels surging to heights of 20 feet in some areas, prompted officials to undertake the state's largest flood evacuation in recent decades. The Satara Institute of Hams handed over more than 100 kits containing basic groceries, blankets, water and medicine, according to postings on social media. Hams assisted in the assembly and distribution of the kits included Neron John Supka, VU3GBX, Shanton Ukarandi, VU3GBZ, and Rohit Basal, VU2MIB slash W2MIB. Rohit told Newsline in an email that the ham radio team also helped establish communications between people in the affected area and officials in the local district administration. Writing on their Facebook page, the hams acknowledged the generosity of the station's benefactors. They wrote, and I quote, Thank you donors. This would not have been possible without your support. End quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Weak signal propagation reporting remains a key source of hope in the search for the wreckage of a missing airliner. John Williams, VK4JJW, has an update. Weak signal propagation reporting, or WISPA, is undergoing some refinements to help in the search for Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, which crashed more than seven years ago in the Indian Ocean while en route to Beijing. The low-power digital communication protocol used by radio amateurs to test propagation is now being employed by aerospace engineer Richard Godfrey in conjunction with a system he developed known as Global Detection and Tracking of Aircraft Anywhere, Anytime, or GDTAAA. There'll be some preliminary tests in conjunction with Qantas airliner data before a different blind test is conducted later this year using the Malaysia Airlines data. The goal is to see whether tracking with help from the GDTAAA system can be more successful this time around. According to an article in AirlineRatings.com, the tests will take place in October and November with an eye towards ultimately finding the exact crash location. Two separate searches for wreckage over the 2014 crash came up empty, although more than 30 pieces of debris washed up in various places. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. 
The U.S. Federal Communications Commission has approved the use of FM as an option for citizens' band operators on the 11-meter band's 40 channels. The FCC adopted the change to Part 95 of its rules on August 3rd. The agency released a statement saying it believed manufacturers' addition of FM to their radios would likely improve operators' experience. The FCC said, quote, Continuing to mandate AM capability while permitting dual modulation will provide benefits to CB radio users who will have an additional modulation option while maintaining the basic character of the service, end quote. The FCC authorizes Citizens Band to operate on 40 channels between 26.965 MHz and 27.405 MHz. Cobra Electronics, a leading manufacturer of Citizens Band's equipment, had petitioned the FCC for the rule change. A ham devoted to search and rescue work in his New Zealand community has become a silent key. Robert Broomhead, VK3DN, gives us the details. A lifelong New Zealand ham, whose name was among the many inscribed on the microchip on board NASA's Mars rover in 2012, has become a silent key. George Bora, ZL3PN, died on July the 4th. He was a life member of the South Canterbury Amateur Radio Club, which he had served as president. He had also been an amateur radio emergency communications section leader and repeater trustee. According to his obituary in the Tamaru Herald, the retired electrician was a Morse code enthusiast and was also an active participant in search and rescue missions. A ham since the age of 16, he marked the occasion of his 60 years in amateur radio with a special event call sign ZL60PN in 2010. George Borer was 87. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Robert Broomhead, VK3DN. A well-known amateur in the world of CW has become a silent key. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us about him. The developer of a popular CW trainer used around the world has become a silent key. Ray Burlingham Goff, G4FON, was the author of a computer-based trainer best known by his home call sign. He also held the U.S. call sign N4FON and the German call sign DG4FON. Ray's software, which uses the Koch method, is credited with helping train thousands of amateurs to copy and send Morse code. Ray's website, g4fon.net, notes that he was first licensed in 1973 as G8HMH, a Class B license with VHF privileges. By 1976, he'd become proficient in Morse code, and in November of that year, passed the code test that enabled him to upgrade to a Class A license and receive a new call sign. He moved to the United States briefly in the 1980s, using the call sign G4FON-W9 in Chicago and G4FON-W1 in Boston. Much later, he gained his US and German call signs. According to his website, Ray's other amateur radio interests included contesting and homebrewing. In November of 2006, Ray was nominated to join the prestigious First Class CW Operators Club, becoming member number 1874. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. In Austria, a longtime radio amateur and founder of a notable archive has become a silent key. Ed Durant, DD5LP, has those details. An Austrian journalist and children's book author, who was also an avid radio amateur, has become a silent key. Wolf Haranth, OE1WHC, who founded the DocuFunk archive in Vienna, died on Tuesday, August 3rd, following a short illness. 
The archive, which began as a QSL card collection, contains more than 9 million artefacts relating to radio communications, history and amateur radio. The non-profit organisation has been supported by individuals, broadcasters and radio associations for more than three decades. Wolf was perhaps best known among shortwave listeners of Radio Österreich International, where he was a popular presenter. Tom Camp, DF5JL, wrote on the IARU Region 1 website, With Wolf, OE1WHC, it's not only the DX scene that has lost one of its greats. Wolf would have been 80 on August 19th. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K7 MMA Repeater in Spokane, Washington, on Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Get ready for the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo. It's back after retooling its platform, and as Stefan Kinford, N8WB, tells us, organizers are optimistic. The QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo is returning on the 14th and 15th of August and will be based on the original platform used for the successful expo held in August of 2020. Organizer Eric Guth, 4Z1UG, host of the QSO Today podcast, said the move back to a single platform experience will avoid the widespread problems reported previously when the conference attempted to integrate two virtual convention platforms provided by different vendors. Eric said the platform known as VFairs has implemented such upgrades as a video meeting lounge and said he anticipates what he is calling a flawless user experience. He said he hopes to exceed the expectations of more than 14,000 attendees at the live online event. He said a preview of the platform will be made available from 8 a.m. Pacific time on August 1st through 5 p.m. Pacific time on August 3rd so that prospective attendees can experience the environment without cost. The URL for the preview is in the printed script of this week's Newsline report at arnewsline.org. Eric said the platform will have a lobby, auditorium, exhibit hall, and lounges, as well as a variety of speaker presentations. For ticket information or to register, visit QSO Today Ham X. Expo.com. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB. The dilemma over assigning prefixes to amateurs operating from certain locations near the Falkland Islands continues. We have an update from Ed Durant, DD5LP. The Falklands government, which no longer issue new VP8 licenses for amateur operation from the former Falkland Islands dependencies, including South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands, is reportedly favouring the assignment there of the VP4 prefix formerly used in Trinidad and Tobago. According to various reports, the prefix would be used in the remote regions by subdividing the suffix with VP4AXX for South Georgia and South Sandwich and VP4BXX for British Antarctic Territories. The VP8 prefix ceased to be used in those regions recently as a result of new communications legislation in the Falklands. VP8 licenses were formerly used by de-expeditioners wishing to activate South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands as well as the Antarctic Peninsula, South Orkneys and South Shetlands. There has been no public consultation sought by the Falkland Islands Communications Regulator on the issue. The British Antarctic Territories, South Georgia and South Sandwich Islands cannot issue their own license or assign call signs. 
Ofcom in the UK has left the option open for those locales to ask the Falkland Islands to administer licensing and call signs on their behalf, as had been the case up until early 2020. The report, which appeared on several news websites, is credited to de-expeditioner Alan Cheshire, VK6CQ or VP8PJ. Parameter Radio Newsline, Ahmed Durant, DD5LP. The annual Navajo Code Talker special event is going forward in spite of a COVID-19 closure of their usual site, the Navajo Nation itself. Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB, has those details. Although the Navajo Nation in Arizona remains closed as a result of COVID-19 precautions, the annual special event station honoring the Navajo Code Talkers of World War II will be on the air as scheduled between the 10th and 14th of August. This is the 17th annual celebration of the Native American members of the military who thwarted Japanese interception of their messages by using their language in their coded transmissions in the South Pacific. The special event station, N7C, will operate instead from the home QTHs of Ray, W7USA, Bob, K7BHM, John, W5PDW, and Herb, N7HG. Herb's father, John Goodluck, was among the original 29 code talkers in the United States Marine Corps who developed the code. John Goodluck died in 2000 at the age of 76. Be listening for N7C on 40, 20, and 17 meters. For additional details and QSL information, visit the station's page on qrz.com. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillaci, KK6ITB. In the world of DX, the on-again, off-again Bouvet Island D-Expedition 3Y0J appears en route to being on again. The expedition co-leader Paul Ewing N6PSE said the team is negotiating a new charter for the 12 operators to be transported to the rare DX location in the South Atlantic. The de-expedition's plans were halted in June after Nigel Jolly, K6NRJ, captain of the Braveheart, canceled the contract with the de-expedition in preparation for his sale of the vessel. The team hopes to renew its fundraising efforts soon to reboot the de-expedition. Philippe EA4NF is operating as EA8-EA4NF from the Canary Islands until the 14th of August. This is a satellite de-expedition to activate Grid Square's IL-27, IL-28, and IL-38 on both the FM and linear satellites. QSL via Logbook of the World. During International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, which is taking place on August 21st and 22nd, be listening for Ramesh, VU2LU, Sridhar, VU3GLS, Madhu, VU3NPI, and others operating as AT8KLH from the Kapu Lighthouse. Send QSLs to VU2JHM. Giovanni IZ2DPX will be active as CT8-IZ2DPX from three locations in the Azores between August 14th and 29th. Be listening for him on the HF bands where he will be using single sideband and the digital modes. Send QSLs to IK2DUW via club log. Bruce ZL1AAO will be in the South Cook Islands activating Atu Island until the 9th of August and then Rarotonga Island until the 19th of August. He will be using the call sign E51AAO and operating holiday style mainly on 40 and 20 meters single sideband. Send QSLs to ZL1AAO direct or by the Bureau. 
So you think you know your kilocycles and your megacycles? Well, meet a pair of hams defining the meaning of megacycle with the emphasis on the cycles, which in this case have handlebars, pedals, and an important purpose. Here's Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, with our final story of the week. Perhaps the journey of this father-daughter duo should be called the Megameter. They're on a 1,640-kilometre bicycle and radio route in the UK from Land's End to the Cape Wrath Lighthouse and then on to John O'Groats. With bicycles and radios on hand, this duo will be getting on the air often during their 28-day trip using primarily 145 and 430 MHz FM, but also operating HFQRP and WSPR and APRS. Kev, G0PEK, and his 16-year-old daughter Lauren, 2E0HLR, will be operating with their home call signs, except for when they camp at night when they'll be calling as MX0KRO, the call sign of the Kent Active Radio Amateurs Group. The two are making the de-expedition-style journey to raise money for the RNLI, the Royal National Lifeboat Institution, which helps save lives of mariners in the UK and the Republic of Ireland, the Channel Islands and the Isle of Man. The two share an enthusiasm for the outdoors, but also believe charitable causes can benefit from their adventures. On the project's GoFundMe page, Kev writes that the fund target is £5,000, roughly the equivalent of $7,000 in US. He writes, quote, The project will not just raise funds for the RNLI, but will also raise awareness of amateur radio as a scientific hobby that can be linked to other interests for people of all ages, unquote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. With thanks to AirlineRatings.com, Amateur News Weekly, the ARRL, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, FCC.gov, FIS, G4FON.net, GoFundMe.com, Kent Active Radio Amateurs, QRZ.com, QSO Today, Rohit Basal, VU2MIB, Satara Hams, Southgate Amateur Radio News, ShortwaveRadio.de, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, Tomaru Herald, WTWW Shortwave, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org for more information or to support us visit our official website at arnewsline.org for now with karen eve murray katie 2 gut at the news desk in new york and our news team worldwide i'm neil rapp wb9 vpg in union kentucky saying 7-3 and as always we thank you for listening amateur radio newsline is copyright 2021 all rights reserved